The AP Pro Football Podcast is presented by Cairn University. Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti, and welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. We're well into OTAs, and you could probably put an all-pro team together from all the star players who've skipped so far. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers haven't shown up. Debo Samuel, Derrick Henry, and much more. A lot of players have started to shy away from OTAs, and whether it's for contract reasons, spending more time with their families. I know the NFLPA has wanted to decrease the amount of time that guys put in on the field in the offseason, but that's something they'll have to work on and negotiate in the next CBA. Our guests this week are two of the best tight ends in the NFL, from the San Francisco 49ers, three-time Pro Bowler George Kittle, and from the Las Vegas Raiders, Darren Waller. Speaking of guys missing OTAs, Waller is woefully underpaid. He could easily make a case for staying away to get a new contract, but he's there, and he'll tell you why coming up. But we're going to kick it off with... George Kittle. George is teaming up with Greg Olson to hold the tight end university camp presented by Charmin. It's the second year they're doing it. It'll be in Nashville, June 22nd to the 24th. Here's my conversation with George Kittle and apologies in advance for some of the audio issues on his end. George Kittle, thank you for joining me on the AP Pro Football Podcast. I know you guys are in the offseason, but there's so much going on. And coming up in June is Tight End University, presented by Charmin. It's the second time you guys are doing this. So fill me in on Tight End University, the idea, where it started, and what you guys are planning. Oh, well, hey, first off, thanks for having me. It's glad to be back. Glad to talk to you again. Tight End U, it was kind of an idea. Um, kind of started me and Greg Olson. And Kelsey, um, I spent my entire offseason training in Nashville with about anywhere from six to 10 NFL tight ends from starters to pro bowlers to practice squad guys. But uh, I've always believed that you need to surround yourself with the people that you're competing against. And, um, so I, that's what I've done. You know, when Greg retired, I invited him to come down to work out. And he's like, hey, let's why don't we make it an entire event out of it? Let's like let's invite more guys. Let's try to get it a, a big like tight end thing. And we came with the name tight end university. Kelsey fell in love with it, too. Um, and he's been a huge pro- proponent of it for us, component of it uh, with us as well. But basically the whole concept is, you know, just bring every single tight end together uh, as many as we can get under one roof and just talk ball, uh, be on the field, watch each other run routes, um, just ask questions, learn from each other, um, and then just hang out and get to know each other. So, you know, at this point, uh, you know, last year we had 50 NFL tight ends in, in Nashville. And, you know, this year we're prepared to have a lot more than that. So we're really excited. Uh, we have legends coming back. Dallas Clark, uh, tight end from Iowa's coming uh, and played for the Colts and Baltimore. Uh, Tony G is coming down for at least a day. We're working on Tony, uh, Antonio Gates. Uh, so we're really excited about bringing them back. But really the whole thing is doable because we have such fantastic partners. Like you said, we're presented by Charmin. Uh, cause you know, Sharman's got the Titans backside. I absolutely love that. Uh, <laughs> but they, they've been a wonderful partner for us. Uh, and they're really allowing us to do all these awesome things. We're working with Levi's, um, we're working with Bud Light, uh, who's a wonderful sponsor. And then Bridgestone is our other big one, but you know, those four, those four companies, they allow us to cater to all these tight ends, bring them to Nashville, do all this stuff, 
do some charity work. And then at the end of it, with all the money that's left over, we just donate it right back to all these charities in Nashville. And it's awesome. Like we did a lot of work with the boys and girls club last year, um, but we were able to donate a lot of money uh, to kids in need. And that's the whole point. We get kids to come out they play some football with us. And then we get to go do all, all, of, all of our football stuff. So it's just, it's a three day thing. Come in, you're there for like 72 hours max. And then you get back out and you get to enjoy your weekend, whether it's in Nashville, whether you, wherever you want to go. So it's a really fun event. Uh, we're really excited about year two. We're doing a Vanderbilt too. So we have a lot more space, a beautiful facility. Um, we're just really looking forward to, you know, bringing all these Titans back down to Nashville. George, what kind of structure is there for the tight ends? Do you run it? Do you have an itinerary for the guys? Like as you go out on the field, like how do you guys go about the work that you're going to do? Um, it's fun. Uh, so last year, uh, me and my dad and then Greg Olson kind of created the schedule for it. It is a itinerary. So like every aspect of the guy's day is planned. Uh, you know, we start in the morning, we come in, uh, we do some film work. We do some like group breakdowns just because what I really want to do, you know, if you don't learn anything, at least you met a bunch of guys that are on different teams and that you can connect to and you can talk to like before games, after games, whenever you're playing throughout the season. So now, you know, someone from almost, almost every single team and, um, so we do some of that breakdown stuff. Uh, then we'll watch some film. So this year, like I said, so like Dallas Clark will be up, he'll be in front of a, in front of some film and he's going to break down himself, running routes, run game, whatever he wants to talk about. You know, it's just an opportunity to learn from someone who did it for a long time at a high level. Um, then we'll go out on the field. We'll do some stuff. Uh, and then after that we bring, uh, I think we're having Bridgestone come out with the boys and girls club. We're going to do something with them again. Uh, so that'll be really exciting. That's Thursday. Friday's kind of the same thing, just different film work, different group breakdowns. And then I, I know Bud Light's ho- uh, hosting us a party one of the nights, you know, on uh, Broadway, downtown Nashville. So really excited about that. Um, and Can then, I get an invite to that, George? We're working on it. You're going to have to talk to Amanda. She's she's right. kind of rigorous in her invites. Yeah, I can't yeah, even invite everybody that I want to invite. It's crazy. But it, <laughs> it's fun, too. So Wednesday night, everybody flies in throughout the day Wednesday. And Wednesday night, we have like a rooftop um of a hotel rented out. And so it's kind of just to get to know everybody, you know, we'll be up there, have some dinner. If you want to yeah, have a drink, you know, enjoy that. And then everyone goes to sleep and we have a wonderful day the next day. And, you know, so it's two days of work, um, three nights of hanging out and we just really enjoy ourselves down there. So tell me this, did Gronk get an invite? Gronk is invited. I haven't heard back from him yet. Uh, well, Kelsey was in Vegas with them and he said he invited him there. So that's on Kelsey to get, get that invite back. But it's, it's, it's Gronk. I would love to have Gronk. He is, He's one of my favorite players to watch. He was one of the reasons I love playing tight end when I was in college. Everything about him is amazing. So I would love to have Gronk, and he would definitely set the tone for tight end. Yeah. Any idea if he's going to come back? So last year he couldn't come. Uh, I think he uh, he had like a family thing pop up. But like I said, he's invited. I mean, he's got a whole another month before. No, I mean to play. Oh, oh to play? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. He looks like he's enjoying himself. But I mean, it's Gronk. As long as Brady's if Brady's in action, Gronk's always a possibility. Speaking of quarterbacks and who's in action, what what have you seen from Trey? Trey, I mean, it's phase two of OTAs. It's routes on air, so I mean, it's a lot different than when bolts are flying. But he looks good. He's got he's still got that can of an arm. Uh, he looks, I mean, he looks like he's um, he's definitely processing better. I mean, he just he just looks like he's had an offseason under his belt, and you know that's what you want. He's he's still he's twenty two years old, but he's taking yeah, he's taking steps forward every single day. I'm just looking forward to seeing him compete. I think next week we start, you know, more competitive stuff. I think it's phase three starts next week. And so we'll actually get to be out there with a defense. And so I'm really looking forward to watching that um, and just observing Trey and how he grows as a football player. Did you guys spend time together in Tennessee? Did he come yet? Or is that later on in the offseason? No, I don't know if I'm allowed to announce this yet, but Trey Lance is coming to tight in you. I will say that. So Ooh. he gets a throw. So yeah, I'm working on getting some quarterbacks. Amanda, you can tell me if I can say that or not, but 
you know, Trey Lance is coming. I'm working on a couple other uh, quarterbacks who have come down there this year. So it'll be a good time. So I will be able to spend time with them this offseason. Very cool, man. Well, I, I know there's a lot of rumors and speculation with the 49ers. How do you feel when the talk of Debo leaving the Niners uh, comes up? Obviously, such a big piece, an integral part of your team's success. I mean, Debo was the engine last year. He really was. He's an incredible football player. You put the ball in his hands, and he's almost guaranteed to make at least one, maybe two guys miss. And every time he touches the ball, it could be a house call. I mean, that's what you want in an NFL football player. I mean, you see uh, whether it's the trade, whatever is going on with the contracts. I don't know. I mean, guys deal with contract stuff differently. You know, some guys, you know, they do the trade demand. Uh, you know, they're not giving me this. They're not giving me that. It is what it is. It's just a part of the game. It doesn't really, you know, our building's fine. We're not really affected by it. Uh, you know, it's his off season. It's his time. You know, it's, it's his opportunity to make a ton of money, which he deserves. Um, so, you know, we're, we're all here in support of Devo. We're all here in support of the Niners. And, you know, we just, you know, as a team, I, I think we all, we all would love to have Debo back, you know, but at the end of the day, I love Debo and, you know, whatever's best for him is best for him. And I'll, I'll love him no matter what decision he makes. Speaking of contracts, you're the highest paid tight end in the NFL. George, I've been saying for a couple of years that tight ends need to get paid uh, closer to what the wide receivers are getting. And I, as you say, your finger going up now, they got wide receivers, got some contracts this offseason. Tyreek, Devontae Adams. How do you feel about that when you see it? Uh, I mean, the the NFL just posted out online on Instagram the other day, like the top contracts in the NFL. I'm pretty sure the only three positions that are under, under 20 million are linebackers. I think Darius Leonard's at 19 point something. Christian McCaffrey's at 16 and I'm at 15. And um, you know, one thing that's crazy to me, you got a guy like Travis Kelsey, right, who has six consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons in a row. I'm pretty sure he has the most receiving yards in the last six years out of anybody in the NFL, and he it doesn't make over $20 million, and that's just a shock to me. It, it really is. I mean, um, for all the things that we do in the run game, the pass game, I mean, <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense for me to, to me, for Titans to get paid even more than that. And, while, uh, you know, we're, we're trending in that direction, you know, I was, you know, be able to set the market a little bit and guys are now making more money. Uh, you know, it's, it's up to younger guys who are coming into contracts, you know, like I hope CJ Hawkinson gets 17 to 18. Uh, I hope other guys are making money like that. Darren Waller is going to be up for a huge contract here soon as well. And you know, they deserve that money. And I hope that they completely reset the market and blow the top off of it because that's when it's, you know, we're going to get paid more is if guys just keep playing at a high level and keep adding on and keep stacking and, you know, hopefully we get up there at some point, but you know, I, I do still think the Titans are undervalued and underpaid, but hey, it's a, it's a game that we play and, uh, you know, we're just living in it and just trying to be better. Well, here's a, a stat where tight ends are, are number one. Um, your sales and merchandise were seventh. The top six were all quarterbacks. So of all the non-quarterbacks in the NFL, the guy who brought in the most merchandise sales was George Kittle. Were you aware of that? Uh, yeah, my mom sent me that one. <laughs> what, what did you think when you saw it? Oh, it's awesome. Um, you know, I, I know that the 49ers have a fantastic fan base. I know that they buy up a lot of our merch, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that I, I'm one of, you know, I'm, I'm people's one, some of their favorite players. You know, that, that, that's an honor to be on a list like that, especially with quarterbacks. Um, you know, it, it's insane, you know, to be on a – honestly, just to be on a list that has pa- uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady on it and Josh Allen – pretty sick it's it is it is an honor especially playing the tight end position so you know, i'm glad that people like me and that you know they don't hate me so i really appreciate that guys <laughs> i talked to uh, jimmy garoppolo a couple of weeks ago he he still didn't know what's going to happen in the future hasn't thrown yet ha- have you talked to him and if there is a quarterback competition w- what does that do for the team how much does that 
can that bad? They're two different types of quarterbacks, aren't they, George? So how do you handle that? Well, in, in regards to Jimmy texting back, he still doesn't do that yet. Fun story for you. So I'm sitting there in my locker. This was probably during the season sometime. And Jimmy G goes, Hey George, you want to, you want the new iPhone? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, I did a deal with somebody. Um, They're going to send me the new iPhone. Do you want it? And I was like, for sure, dog, I'll take the new iPhone. A couple of weeks later, I have the new iPhone in my, in my, uh, in my locker. I say, thanks. Open it up, set the whole thing up. He sells her and turn a call. He gives me a cell phone, but can't text me back. It's absolutely insane. Like, <laughs> hey, Jimmy, come on. I know, but it is what it is. I love him regardless. Uh, but, you know, in regards to, like, the quarterback, it, every team needs to have competition. Um, you, you have to have that. Uh, it, it's what makes people better. Like, Jimmy playing at a high level is what's going to make Trey better. Trey playing at a high level is going to make Jimmy better. Nate Sudfeld looks great out at OTAs as well. So, like, we have, we, have, we have competent quarterbacks who can play the game at a high level. They understand the offense. They all bring something different to the table, but they're pushing each other. You know, and at the end of the day, I just want someone that's going to throw me the ball and lead us to would lead us to some wins. And that's all I really care about, whether it's Jimmy, Trey, Nate, Brock Purdy, you know, whoever it is, uh, I, I'm in to just get the ball from them and let's roll. Going back to tight end university, any of the uh, young guys are really looking forward to seeing out there? I, I know Kyle Pitts had a, a pretty impressive rookie season last year. Is he coming? Do you know yet? Uh, I think Kyle's locked in. I don't know. I haven't checked the entire list yet. I think we're, we're close to 40 guys confirmed. I got to send out a lot more. Uh, I got to invite uh, my, the guy from Pittsburgh as well. I'm terrible with his name. So I know it starts with an F, but I know I, he's got to get out there. No, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. To just, you know, it was fun because it is a brotherhood, the tight end position. And there's just so many awesome guys you get to know and get to meet and get to talk to. And just being able to be on the same roof and like really just get to call them as guys off the field. It's, it's really fun. So to see success, that's what I'm looking for. I mean, like I said, I'm looking for Hawkinson to have a fantastic year so he can reset the market because he's going into a contract year after that. Uh, so that, that's my big watch this year. And I, I know he's going to have a great year. All right, George, last one for you. What's your favorite finishing move in wrestling? I mean, I don't think there's anything better than the stunner, but yeah. Stone Cold Stunner. That, that's my favorite. You know, people will argue like the people's elbow, uh, rock bottom. But the stunner, my, 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 my second favorite, though, would be Sweet Chin Music. By uh, Shawn Michaels. That yeah. is just so pretty. Uh, that's always been a favorite of mine. And he's also one of the best performers to ever to ever do it. But so the Stunner or the Sweet Chin Music are my two favorites. Mine is a figure four leg lock. Too old school. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one, baby. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love that one. The 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 leg the hey what is it uh the the angle hold. Yeah, that one that that's a fun one too. You, those are those are exciting to watch. Yeah. Hey George, I enjoyed it, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Maybe I will find my way to, to Nashville for tight end university. I'm I'm down. If you need somebody to throw another quarterback, I got you guys. Just loosen your arm up. Hey, you never know. I mean, the dates are you know 22nd to the 24th. You ha- happen to find yourself in Nashville, Tennessee during those dates. I'm assuming that you'll see us, you'll see us around. Love it. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, thank you. See ya. Located 25 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia, Cairn University is a biblical university centered on Christ and His Word. In any one of our 70-plus on-campus or online programs, you will receive an explicitly biblical and intentionally Christian education that integrates your faith and work. Be taught and mentored by invested faculty. Participate in a dynamic campus life and grow in your faith as you prepare for what's next. Learn more about our undergrad and graduate programs at cairn.edu. That's C-A-I-R-N dot E-D-U.
Sellers entering his seventh season in the NFL, his fifth with the Raiders. He's come a long way since the Ravens selected him in the sixth round in 2015. He's overcome a lot of adversity along the way, some addiction issues. To get to this point in his career, Darren is partnering with Icy Hot's new pro line to launch Pro Time Off, a new campaign that's focused on everyday athletes putting in pro-level effort and getting the proper recovery so they can be game ready for the next event. Really enjoyed this conversation with Darren. Here's Darren Waller. Thank you, Darren, for joining me on the AP Pro Football Podcast. Uh, I know you're out at OTAs. What's it been like with a new coach there for the Raiders? Um, I feel like it's been great. The competitive spirit at practice has been sky high, uh, just the offense and defense going at it. It's been a lot of fun, honestly. The two hours of practice just kind of fly by. Um, but yeah, just the way that the offense is, the new system is challenging us in, in a positive way uh, to learn a lot, a lot of new things, develop a lot of new uh, routes and skills and stuff. Uh, I feel like it's, it's been a great OTA so far. There's a lot of guys around the league, Darren, who are skipping OTAs for various reasons. Some just want to spend more time with their family. I just put together a whole list today. Uh, a lot of notable players, great players are around the league, contract issues or whatever it may be. Why is it important for you to be there? Um, it's important for me to be here just because in my, it just, in, since my life has gotten better, just taking the perspective of what I can give as opposed to what I can get, you know, and I feel like what I can give is, you know, a different perspective to my teammates, just bring a certain level of just, you know, peace and, you know, middle ground as just helping guys that may be struggling with whatever they may be struggling with, just, you know, creating an environment of like, you know, you got somebody there that kind of cares about you and is going to go about business in the right way. And just a leader that's not going to fake the funk or talk something that he ain't living out. So I feel like just being around that every day is, you know, a big part of the team environment, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than me or whatever is going on with me. Uh, and I enjoy being around them. So it's important for me to be there. Well, let's get into that a little bit, because I, I did want to touch on that with you, how important it is for you to talk about your story, your journey, what you've overcome, um, helping youth, but not obviously not just helping youth, maybe helping a younger teammate, helping guys who may be going through some of the things you've experienced. You overcame a lot of uh, some addiction issues. And, and how do you go about that? And, and how you know, how has it taken over and become that much of a priority for you to, to give back, to help out that way? Right. Uh, one, I feel like just by being vulnerable is uh, it's resulted in freedom for myself uh, because when I hide certain things or when I mask certain pain, it's like, you know, it's always going to be there. Even if I think it's not or try to make myself believe that it's not, it's still there and I'm carrying around with me. So when I acknowledge it, I take the power from it and it allows me to be freer. You know, I don't walk around shame with shame and guilt and things like that. And I just want to try to share that truth with other people. That's why if I go into a conversation, I'll initiate the vulnerability and, you know, and say like, you know, I'm struggling with certain things or I'm scared about certain things or I'm, or I may be worried. And it could just kind of let people know that, I mean, no matter what I've accomplished or how people view me, I'm still a human being at the end of the day. And we all have issues and just kind of lets people know that, you know, you don't have to be perfect or you don't have to, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling and go through what you're going through. But it's, I just don't think it's okay anymore for us to mask that pain and call it strength, you know, or call it toughness. Like I just don't feel like that applies anymore. And I just want to be one of those people that kind of changes the narrative. What helped you get through those moments, those tough times, uh, the addiction, uh, that journey, uh, I know I went through some similar stuff in, in my past. For me, it was my faith that pulled me out. What was it for you? 
uh, that was that was it for me. Was de- was developing a faith uh, throughout that process. I know I went to church when I was a kid and was in church like kind of when I was in high school. But I realized looking back, it was more of like a transactional religion. Kind of like if I do these things well, God will give me something, as opposed to just you know having a higher power, whoever that is, for somebody to walk with on a day to day basis and to you know help give you a new perspective and a new peace as you go about your day. So that definitely helped me in those times where being honest about my journey with therapists and, you know, in rehab was so raw and it was just opened up wounds that, you know, I felt like I didn't need want to open up anymore, but that faith helped me get through that process and see like on the other side of that was something good. And it, in reality it was, so uh, it was faith for me as well. I know DC Derek Carr's uh, a man of, of strong faith. Do you have those conversations with him? Uh, has he been somebody who you've kind of maybe leaned on as, as you sometimes, if you experience any of those moments where you need someone to talk to. Yeah. I mean, that's where like, you know, people talk about like our relationship or our rapport kind of started just when I first got to the Raiders and it was like, you know, they signed me and, you know, people kind of knew my history and it was kind of just like, all right, like we'll see how it goes. But it's like, you know, he, and they were, he would hold, he was holding Bible studies on Mondays after the games and I would go to him and I was kind of sharing just, you know, kind of real and kind of raw. Cause I was just like, well, I got used to. And uh, you know, he was just somebody that was just like, you know, you know, God's grace is sufficient and it's, it's, uh, it's not about what you've done. You're still here and you can still be used and you can, there's power in your testimony. And it's like hearing stuff from him. I'm just like, yeah, man, like, it, you know, kind of gave me some confidence. And then it's like, that turns into, you know, if I'm out there with him, he's throwing me the ball, you know, I don't want to let him now. So I'm gonna do what I can to, you know, help support him as well. So yeah, Derek was somebody that helped me out a lot uh, when I first got to the Raiders. Yeah, you know, we see like from the media side, sometimes you get to see players and you look at them as you know, for their stats, what they accomplish on the field, whether they're successful when playoff games don't win playoff games. But that stuff that you're talking about right there, that behind the scenes, like enabling each other, helping each other to improve as, as a man, as a father. Man, that's that's like a strong bond that sometimes we don't see. Do you get into that? And I know you do a, a podcast, uh, Comeback Stories. Do you talk about some of that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, you know, the results of things are nice and we've been taught to, you know, emphasize the results. And it's like, yeah, we want to see our work pay off, you know, in the highest form at the end of the day. It's like, it's kind of like a narrative. If you don't accomplish these certain things, you're a failure. And it's like, I don't think that's the case. And I don't think it's a good thing to define a human being or their, their work as being a failure. You know, we fail, we may fall short, but it's like, as far as being a failure, I don't think that's that's the thing. But the most value that I take out of football, and I feel like the things that I'll miss the most is the relationship with my teammates and just the laughing and, you know, the conversations that we have and just realizing, like, yeah, this game is important, but this game ain't it. Like, I still got 60 years of my life left after I get done playing. It's like, what am I going to do then if my whole identity is wrapped up in this game, you know? So it's just like finding that balance between the two of, pouring everything in the football because it's important and it's opened so many doors for so many of us, but at the same time, knowing that, you know, we're human beings as well. And they're in the grand scheme of things, there are much more important things that we need to look at and, and, and deal with. No doubt. Let me get back to football for a second. How excited are you to play with Devonte Adams, man? Uh, very excited uh, guys as advertised. I mean, you know, I was just saying like, we just, watching him release off the line scrimmage and just leave people in the dust, just like that they're giggling, you know? So it's uh, awesome to have a guy of that caliber, but he's also cool too. And just like, you know, wants to be a member of the team, wants to be part of, I think that's really cool as well. So it's awesome to have him. 
What can he do for your game individually? Yeah, obviously, teams are going to have to pay even more attention when someone like him is on the field. And how can that help you? Um, yeah, it helps me out a lot. If they're focusing attention and extra people towards him, it's a one-on-one matchup on me. I like my chances in a one-on-one matchup. Uh, that's just the confidence that I have in my ability. Um, and then, you know, vice versa, if it's something where point in the game where they, they go that route and then, you know, I start heating up and then they try to change it up. You have us on the same side of the field or, you know, just on the field together in general. It's like, you know, what can you do? You kind of got to, it's almost like a pick your poison. You throw in Hunter Renfro, you throw in Foster Moreau, you throw in, you know, these guys that are out there making plays at practice that nobody's expecting to do uh, much, the common fan. And it's just like, you know, it, it makes for a pretty dangerous uh, unit. Oh, for sure. Darren, I, I talked to George Kittle about, tight end university, which he has coming up and just tight ends in general, how the, the money hasn't been where it is for wide receivers and, and how guys can start changing that and who can. And when you see like someone like uh, David and Joku get the money that he did, what is, what do you think? Well, how do you view that? Like what's the first thought that comes to your mind? First me, first thought me seeing David and Joku, I was like, that's, that's fire. Like, I mean, dude, that dude, that dude's a freak, man. And it's like, you know, it may not have been, you know, put together in the form that it can be as far as his ability, as far as like maybe like 16 games or a whole season. But that dude has a serious ability. And it's like you look at guys like Kittle and and Kelsey and you look at Zach Urshan, he was in Philly and Greg Olson, he was in Carolina. Uh, It's like, you know, you see guys that have the ability to carry a passing game. And it's like people that have the ability to be to carry a passing game, you know, there's nothing wrong with them being compensated as somebody that can carry a passing game, you know, so I definitely support George and what he says and his stance on that and uh and just what he does to you know enhance the entire position just being around like the tight end you last year I just being around him there's no like I mean of course guys want to you know compete and get better but it's like it's almost like a togetherness and it's like he wants to see everybody win and I think that's contagious and I think that's awesome about him are you going to uh Nashville it's yeah, later be, this what do you uh, – I know he said that some quarterbacks are coming this year to throw to you guys, but it's it's really more about that camaraderie, isn't it? Like just hanging out with each other, getting to know each other, going over some routes. And uh, what, what did you get out of it last year? Um, yeah, I mean, you talk about just building relationships with guys, having conversations with them just as human beings, but also like the classroom aspect. You got guys, uh, you know, George teaching more specifics about run game, Um you got uh, Greg Olson teaching certain routes that he was able to build, you know, a career off of, of just running consistently. Uh, Travis Kelsey talking about just his creativity and his route running and, you know, not being a robot and how you run routes, just running lines on paper, but really putting your almost putting your personality into how you run routes. And then, you know, I was able to get up there and talk about like option routes and choice routes. So it's just like guys that are amazing in different facets of their games, sharing uh, and not being afraid to share, you know, what they've learned and the knowledge they've accumulated doesn't get any better than that. Darren, tell me about partnering with uh, Icy Hot and their new pro line and and what really attracted you to that? Um, yeah, partnering with Icy Hot, uh, especially like the pro line, uh, is something that I feel like is aligned with my values today. Uh, you know, being addicted to painkillers, I got to go about the day-to-day pain differently. Um, having this opportunity to not only, you know, be a part of their brand, but to use the product and see, you know, it helped me as I go out to practice. And as soon as I get off the field, you know, it it really does help me. Uh, I feel like it's something that was a no brainer to be a part of. And just, you know, the pro time off campaign is to 
get people to take their recovery seriously, even though they may not be pro athletes, they play, you know, in a rec league or have their activities. And it's like, they push themselves, but they may not be putting the emphasis on recovery. That's what I see. I was trying to do to get them to step that recovery game up because it's important. And I support it. Well, listen, man, I, I know it's tough for me getting out of bed. Sometimes I feel the aches and pains and I'm nowhere near uh, on your athletic level. So uh, anything like that, uh, if it's going to help you, I know it can help someone like me. So uh, uh, for sure. Hey, man, I appreciate your time, Darren. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to seeing how you, you guys do this year and, and seeing you uh, w- with the Raiders and, and a new coach and everything else. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you, Rob. Located 25 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia, Cairn University is a biblical university centered on Christ and His Word. In any one of our 70-plus on-campus or online programs, you will receive an explicitly biblical and intentionally Christian education that integrates your faith and work. Be taught and mentored by invested faculty. Participate in a dynamic campus life and grow in your faith as you prepare for what's next. Learn more about our undergrad and graduate programs at cairn.edu. That's C-A-I-R-N dot E-D-U. Final thoughts. I'm not a golf guy. I never watch golf. I have zero interest in playing. I just think it's too boring. I love to play baseball, football, and basketball in my free time, but I tuned in for the match and actually enjoyed it, mostly because it was Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady, but it was tremendous drama. Great down to the last hole Aaron Rodgers delivers with a clutch putt to win the match for Team A-Rod Brady. Rodgers can't get it done in the playoffs, but he he came through big time on the golf course. So that was a lot of fun. That's it for this week. Thank you to George Kittle and Darren Waller, and thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, check out my colleague, Ralph Russo, and his AP Top 25 college football podcast. Till next week, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. The AP Pro Football Podcast is presented by Cairn University.